Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Hopefully, it's a great day for you. It's been a pretty good day for me. Every day, a great day to be alive. No doubt. I'm your host, Brandon Lachance. Like I said, this is Edge of Your Seat Podcast. This is episode 257. We got a Mendota-packed show for you today. We're going to start off with Jan Phelan with First State Bank, one of our awesome sponsors, big part of Edge of Your Seat podcast. We talk some sports. We break down the banking business. Great chat, as always. Then we have Marcos Manahano, was a couple years younger than me in school. You'll hear that in the conversation and how he has changed his life, his health, And the person that he was when we were in high school is way different than now. And I mean by muscles, by size, by just about everything. Marcos, a great dude, crazy into CrossFit competitions, and he's doing it big. And then we're going to end the show with Joe Massini. He was an industrial tech teacher when I was in high school. Then he has worked up the ranks. He was an assistant principal for I believe 17 years. But next school year, 2023, 2024, he is going to become the Mendota High School principal as Jeff Prasader is retiring as superintendent and Denise Augenball is moving from principal to superintendent. So this moves Massini up the ranks. Great guy, great chat. Had to, had to chat with him for a podcast. Before we go any further, want to get a correction straight on the last episode, 256, when we had Princeton basketball guest and Jason Smith, Grady Thompson, and Tegan Davis, I made a boo-boo. When I was talking about how the season ended for them, after the regional championship, when they beat Stillman Valley, they did win a sectional semifinal against Riverdale and then lost in the sectional championship against Rock Ridge. In the podcast, the last one in 256, I skipped the Riverdale game and said that the Tigers lost in the sectional semifinal. Apologize about that. Don't know how I forgot about the Riverdale game because as soon as I heard me say that, and I'm like, oh no, how was I so wrong? that was wrong they definitely won a sectional semifinal and got to a sectional final so my apologies to the princeton faithful the tigers grady thompson tegan davis jason smith i did send out a text to jason we're cool just like man i'm sorry i missed the game i'm only human unfortunately humans make mistakes i don't want to make them i never try to and i double check things Except this time I didn't double check because I thought I was sure and I wasn't right. And it's all right. We clean it up. We move forward. We set our apologies. It's corrected. Want to go on a little tangent before I go any further. Be yourself, please. I just said we're humans. I'm a human. You're a human. We're not machines. We're going to make mistakes. We're never going to say the right thing 100% of the time. And I have been put in situations and you've been put in situations where we think we have to be perfect or we can't make a mistake or 
you know, we're shy to do something because we're afraid of what other people will think. Or let's not wear that because nobody else is wearing it. Or let's not listen to this because that's not popular with these people that I want to be around. Just be yourself. I know we struggle with that in a society every single day of our lives. But the only person that is going to be with you every day, all day, from birth to death, through everything, sick, healthy, rich, poor, intelligent, not intelligent, every single thing apart being a human, every single thing that you go through and being a human being in a person is yourself. Be true to that person first. That's the number one person for sure. Okay. Okay. Got that out of the way, but for real, be yourself, trust yourself, listen to yourself, be you. Don't have to worry about anybody else. Be you. In this show, of course, we're going to have our guest. That's what we'll end the show with. But before we get there, we got mix and match. We'll talk about some national topics. I got a list that I've been writing down as we've been going through high school stuff. I had put it to the side because I wanted to catch up and we're almost caught up. So I thought I'd slide a few in here because sports is never ending. Always new stuff to talk about. And I want to talk about it. It's a podcast. It's what you do. So we got to do it. We will also have win-lose stat continuing breaking down high school sports. We are almost at the end of state tournaments and everything winter sports. On this one, we will have state girls bowling, state boys wrestling, sectionals and state for girls hoops, and boys hoops, regional quarterfinals, semifinals, and championships. So we're almost all the way caught up. And then we'll start breaking down the spring sports as baseball, softball, track, boys tennis, girls soccer are all kicked off and doing some things when weather permits it. We're working right along on that. Then we're going to do some keep it rolling. We got to have the film, the cameras, they're going, lights, camera, action, it's rolling. Let's talk some movies and some docu-series that I've been watching, paying attention to break them down see if you like them if you've checked them out don't know where you're listening to this show at but you can check out this episode 257 and all the previous 256 shows of edge of your seat podcast at spotify apple podcast and the website rss.com backslash podcasts that is with a s it's plural backslash edge of your seat podcast on the socials Find Edge of Your Seat Podcast on Facebook and Edge of Your Seat P on Twitter. Personal Facebook is Brandon Lachance. My name is spelled like L-A Chance. And then on Twitter, it is at Lachance. Again, that's L-A Chance Writer. Please, on all those sites, whether it's the personals for Edge of Your Seat Podcast, the plugs, the Spotify's, the Apple Podcasts, the Facebooks, the Twitters, please. Like, review, comment, five star, 100 star, all those cool things. Please help us out. We appreciate it. Always appreciate the love of you listening to the show and interacting. If you have any questions, suggestions, want to be a guest, you know somebody that would be a good guest, you'd like to become an Edge of Your Seat podcast sponsor, send an email to edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, the love. So much love to Brian Cavelli, Cavelli Productions, for the intro and outro beat of this very show. 
which is brought to you by First State Bank. They have a location all over central northern Illinois. 19 different branches can help you with all your financial needs, loans, bank accounts, checking accounts, mortgages. The list goes on and on and on because First State Bank can do everything. Let's get into mix and match. First of all, the final four of the NCAA bracket taking place April 1st as San Diego State, a five seed, is taking on number nine seed, Florida Atlantic University, FAU, which I did have to look up about a week ago because I'm like, who is FAU? Had no idea, had to look them up. Nobody thought a number nine would get this far. I'll say my statements, my thoughts about that in just a second. And then the other game, the late game on April 1st, is number four, UConn, and number five, Miami. UConn was a good team. I knew coming in that they were going to be good. I think I had them in the Elite Eight in one of my brackets. Not really crazy surprised. Miami, I mean, they were a good team last year and lost a couple pieces, but had like the real nucleus of that team coming back. Their coach is a veteran. He knows what he's doing. I'm not really surprised at the number five. FAU, yeah, a number nine. Never, ever have they been in the Final Four, and it may never happen again. Who knows? San Diego State, yeah, surprised. Even as a five seed, I was like, yeah, who is San Diego State? They're not doing anything. I don't even think I had them picked to win a game, but they're for real. They're a real deal team. All four of these, obviously, as they've knocked off juggernauts and really accomplished teams this whole entire tournament. Speaking of, I think we're finally seeing the turn of what one-and-done players or players jumping straight to the NBA has done. We've seen little showcases of it here and there, you know, things like that. But now this is the official, this is basketball now. Back in the day, these star players stayed in college for a while, three years, four years. They became great teams with great players, and teams had multiple players that had solid NBA careers. Not just drafted high, but they actually had good careers. They developed their skills in college basketball. The intangibles, the little X factors that you need to win games or become the GOAT in Michael Jordan's case. He learned under a great coach at North Carolina and developed his skills. Patrick Ewing did it at Georgetown. Hakeem Olajuwon at Houston. Clyde Drexler at Houston. I could continue naming names and names and names and names of iconic players. Michigan State and Magic Johnson, Indiana State and Larry Bird can continue. They developed their talents and got way better. They weren't chasing the dollar. That's what our society is now. And that's what they're all doing. And that's why basketball is kind of falling off. The quality of the NCAA tournament has been garbage. So many turnovers, just chucking up threes all day and they're shooting 20%. It's just bad basketball. That extra pass, that trap defense that nobody can get past, that extra effort to get a loose ball, to dish it to a guy in the corner. That has happened in one game when Virginia got knocked out by Furman. These players that have crazy, amazing athletic abilities, great athletes, 
thinking that they're the best basketball player in the world and that they're going to have a great NBA career and let's jump into the NBA after one year is hurting them because it doesn't happen that way. There's only a handful of one and dones that have actually become really, 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 really good basketball players. And let's face it, besides LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, and Kevin Garnett, that's three out of the multiple numbers of guys that went straight from high school to NBA. I can tell you way more busts than those three that became icons and Hall of Fame players. Teams are not developing in college. Players are not developing in college. You have teams that can't play together the game of basketball, and you have athletes that don't do the intangibles that make them more than an athlete. It makes them a good basketball player. Instead, they're chasing the dollar, going after contracts, thinking they can play at the next level when they can't even play at the NCAA level and win championships. Why? Because they're getting beat by teams of guys that are sticking around for three, four years. They might not have an NBA career at all. They may have to sell car insurance, become lawyers, become doctors, actually use the education that they were getting paid for while playing college basketball. But they learn how to play the game together through their three, four years, and they learn all those intangibles. They learn how to become a better basketball player than the one-and-dones are athletes. So the guys from Michigan who didn't even get in the tournament, the guys from Wisconsin who did not even get in the tournament, or Kentucky did not get in the tournament, played in the NIT, aren't doing anything while these guys from FAU, these guys from San Diego State, and UConn and Miami are in the final four when these one and done guys that, oh my God, I'm going to be an NBA player are sitting at home watching them because they didn't develop the intangibles and how to play the game of basketball. Just saying. I know I went on that for a while, but it's been eating me alive watching this tournament and everybody's like, oh my God, these upsets. They're not an upset if you look at the team and I'm doing way more research Moving forward with the NCAA bracket, I'm going to look at these little schools. How many of them got seniors, multiple seniors, multiple juniors? How long have they played together? That's the differential factor now. That's what's causing these upsets, as I'm using air quotes, because they're smaller schools and smaller conferences. But basketball-wise, they're the better team. And they're showing it. They're proving it now. Game after game after game. It's not a Cinderella. Oh my gosh, they beat this team. No, no, that's not the case anymore. They know how to play the game. The parody of basketball, there's great basketball players all over the country. They might not be as athletic, but if the athletic guy isn't putting in the work to do the fundamentals and the non-athletic guy is doing nothing but learning the craft of basketball, that guy catches up and surpasses. We're seeing that at a whole nother level than we ever had before. Moving on, finally. Aaron Rodgers, not traded to the Jets yet, but he is. I really wish this story would go away. I'm so sick of Aaron Rodgers. I wish he would just retire. I like that he's going to the Jets though. I'm sick of him thinking that he owns Chicago. Okay, with the Packers, he has. He has been dominant with the Packers in Chicago. They have been a good team that won one Super Bowl 10 years ago, 12 years ago. He's not winning another one. Even though the Jets are trying to recruit 
every single player that had an inch of talent in the last five years. Zeke Elliott, not with the Cowboys anymore. Maybe become a Jet. Odell Beckham, not with the team right now. Looking for a team. Why not play with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets? It is becoming a LeBron James-like situation where you're trying to get all-star teams and these other guys that are has-beens, they still got a little left in the tank, but they're just ring chasing. We're seeing that on the NFL level right now, and it's happening with the New York Jets. It's happening with Aaron Rodgers, and I have a really, really strong gut feeling they're going to fall on their face, and I hope it happens. Derek Carr went to the New Orleans Saints. I think that's a good match. They got a lot of wide receivers. They got a good defense. They needed a quarterback. They got one in that division. NFC South is terrible. They can win this easy. Dolphins pick up Jalen Ramsey. What a move. Started to put together a really awesome offense with Tyreek Hill, Tua, Jalen Waddle. Now they're putting together a defense with who I think is the greatest cornerback in the game in Jalen Ramsey. The Bengals pick up offensive tackle Orlando Brown Jr. Crazy smart move. The biggest downfall for the Bengals was their line. Joe Burrow was getting smoked, sacked way more than he should. Orlando Brown will definitely help that out. And Adam Thielen leaving the Vikings, going to the Panthers in Carolina. I dig it. I super dig it. I'm glad Thielen's not with the Vikings anymore. Sure, his athleticism, his speed has dwindled a little bit, but the dude is a great route runner and catches everything. Still going to be a productive wide receiver for at least five years in the league. I'm just glad it's out of the NFC North. Of course, we got to talk Bears moves. We're talking about sports. Got to talk about Bears. We all knew it was going to happen. The Bears were going to trade the number one pick. They traded to Carolina. Get DJ Moore, a number one wide receiver that they desperately needed. He's young. He's fast. He's got a lot of great football ahead of him. I think him and Justin Fields is going to be a match made in heaven. I'm so happy about that. Then they got another first round, two second round picks. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Grab those picks. They got money. They can build a team. Do it. They also signed a defensive end, a middle linebacker, a linebacker, a guard. Positions that needed to be upgraded. Have somebody come in and do a good job. I think they did that. I'm really excited about what the Bears have coming in the future. No doubt. So happy. So happy. Going back to college basketball for just a second. Bill Self, I hope you're doing all right. Had heart condition, health condition, and wasn't able to coach in the tournament. Kansas coach, really, really amazing college basketball coach who is one of those icons that uh, you know you always want to see in the tournament or you always think you're going to see in the tournament. Obviously, Kansas won last year, and I picked him to win this year. It uh, just didn't happen, and I think Bill Self not being on the sideline could have been a reason or part of it. So hopefully he is getting well. Syracuse, long-time coach, 47 years. Jim Beheim retired. It's sad, but you know what happens? You think he's 78 years old? I mean, it's a long time in basketball, a long time devoting, committing yourself to that much basketball and players and time away from your family. I mean, he deserves it. He deserves his retirement and to not be doing what he's been doing his whole life. I know it sounds like, oh man, that's all I want to do. That's all I want to do. But we do get tired. Again, we're human beings. We're not robots. After 47 years, 
Thanks, Coach Beheim, for everything you did for Syracuse. I loved that team that you won with Carmelo Anthony. I was a junior in high school, and I watched every single game, and it was amazing. Thank you. John Morant is being an idiot. I love his game. Super crazy athletic. Can dunk everywhere. Great guard. I really wish he would have went to the Bulls, but Bulls weren't high enough in the draft. But he's an idiot. We don't need to have a gun and clubs and take photos, put it on socials like you're a thug. If you're a thug, keep it at home. When you get shot and your career is over and you have nothing to show for it except a gun wound and death, that's on you. But now you're putting your team at risk, the city at risk, the players, your teammates, everybody doing stupid stuff. Just stop. You're a professional basketball player. What more do you want? There's millions of people on this country, on this planet right now that want to be in your position and you're trying to throw it away. Stop it. Just stop it. The Bulls, they're pretty much done though. I mean, they're 10th right now trying to get in the play-in. Even if you get in the play-in, you win your two games, move up, you get the eight seed. You're not beating Milwaukee. It's probably going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. You're not beating Milwaukee in a series. You're not beating Boston in a series who's number two. You're not beating Philly in a series who's number three. If one of them changes, goes to number one. You're not beating any of them. I'm not one that says, hey, tank and whatever. But I think you're donezo anyway. Why not get a better pick? Because you're not going anywhere in the playoffs. Just my thoughts. Lonzo Ball, sad to see that he was out, not coming back with the knee injury. But nobody thought he was anyway. There's a no word of anything of, hey, Lonzo's looking good. Hey, Lonzo's going to be back on the court. I didn't hear any of that. It's just another year that he's got to stay away from the game and try to get healthy so he can come back. Do it, because I'd love to see you. Because I like you a lot better than Pat Beverly. Cool that we got a veteran guard, somebody that's going to talk smack and not scared to fight for the Bulls and his teammates. But I'm not really a huge fan. I don't think he adds that much more except the drama. Zach Levine, the last three or four games, balling out, all-star level. I thought he was an all-star this year. Did not make the cut or get a nod as an all-star. I thought he should have, and he's definitely playing like one now. I just talked about Pat Beverly and how there's a lot of drama, stuff like that. I was watching the Golden State Warriors and the New Orleans Pelicans last night. And Draymond Green is just a punk. I know I just did this to hype up my team and I got to talk. That's part of my game and that's what I do. Just shut up and play the game. You're talking about other people talking to you where all you do is talk and run your mouth. Nobody believes that somebody else started it with you. You're the trash talker. You're the dude that starts all that stuff. You're the dude that got a technical and then was kicking people after you tripped over them and Pretty much booted dude in his face. You are a punk. I used to like Draymond Green a lot, and I thought he was really talented. But now I just think he's a punk, and he needs to move on. I know he's still got some years left, athletically, physically, but I would not mind if he doesn't use them. I know that sounds awful, but please, just get out of my face. He is my new least favorite player in the NBA, no doubt. I don't know who it was before, but it is him now. NBA playoffs right around the corner. I believe there's seven games, six games left in the season. I'm super pumped. I love the playoffs. Let's go. I also love the Hall of Fame, and we got some studs going in the Hall of Fame this year as finals were announced. Coach Greg Popovich, one of the best coaches ever. I'm a Phil Jackson guy. 
I loved Pat Riley. You know, Red Auerbach did some crazy, amazing stuff with the Celtics. So I'm not saying Popovich is the best, but he is in that category. I don't even know who the best is. You can make claims, oh, Phil Jackson only won with Kobe and Michael, and Red had Bill Russell. You can say all the things you want to. All great coaches, all did their things. Greg Popovich is one of them. Tony Parker played for Greg Popovich from France. Awesome point guard. I love Tony Parker. Glad he's in there. Dwayne Wade, one of my favorite players from Chicago. I didn't like it when he was with the Bulls. He was a way better Miami Heat player. He's awesome. Deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Dirk Nowitzki, my favorite tall dude who speaks broken English or not the greatest English. It's not really broken. He just, he's not from here. So he sounds different, but he's awesome. Great basketball player. Dirk Nowitzki deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Paul Gasol, man, when he was with the Bulls, it was towards the end of his career, only played a couple years afterwards, but he still had some go. Paul Gasol was awesome. Even though he's playing with Dwayne Wade, who was just kind of there. But Paul Gasol, Paul, not Paul, Paul, no L, was awesome. Love that dude. Did some great stuff with the Lakers. Kobe, I know he was crying when his jersey got uh, retired because it's right next to Kobe's. And I'm sure they had a brothership and I would cry too. Becky Hammond, WNBA, all-star, all-level, all-world. She should have got in there while she was still playing. Becky Hammond is amazing. Today is the MLB opening day. It's been a beautiful day listening to baseball games. Well, as while I was at work on Sirius Radio, listened to the Cubs beat the Milwaukee Brewers 4-0. Great way for the Cubbies to start their season. And the Chicago White Sox on the road against the Houston Astros That is in the top of the fifth. I watched about the first two innings after I got home from work, and then I was like, hey, I got to finish this podcast. Let's go. Can't watch the game, but I will know what happens. Trust me. Of like every game, every single game, especially this first one against the defending World Series champions. I do not like the Astros after they cheated. You know, I have no respect, lost a lot of respect, at least. I'm not going to say none because they are professional ballplayers and they know how to play the game. They do their thing. And that Astro team is loaded with talent. There's no doubt about that. But obviously want the Sox to win. And Jose Abreu leaving the Sox to the Astros. And that's the first game of the season. Just like, hey, Sox, look what we got. Huh. Eh. Ugh. But. Got faith in the Sox. I'm happy that we're healthy. Luis Robert Jr., Tim Anderson, Eloy Jimenez, healthy on the field. Hopefully, hopefully. I got my fingers crossed. It will stay that way. No doubt. Happy opening day. Hopefully, everybody is enjoying the baseball, no matter what team you root for. Have you heard the news? First State Bank is the first to offer Quillo. Quillo is an online personal loan officer that allows you to apply for a loan in just minutes. Need to replenish your checking account? Pay off a high interest credit card? What about taking that vacation you have always wanted to? Check out Quillo on the First State Bank website using your phone, tablet, or PC. It won't impact your credit score to apply. There are no fees, no penalties, and payments you can afford. You'll need a First State Bank checking account, but no worries. You can apply for one of those online also. 
check out FSB Premier's account that pays higher interest for doing a few routine activities. Go to firststatebank.biz today to see how you can get a Quilla loan with a new or existing checking account. First State Bank is member FDIC and equal housing lender. Couple shout outs before we deep dive into win-lose stat and playoff happenings. Want to give out shouts to both Jim Trevaney and Mitch Neely. Jim Trevaney was with the LaSalle Peru boys basketball team for the last 12 years and resigned after the season was over. Wanting to spend time with his family, his kids. He's got daughters that are growing up very fast as we know how kids grow up. Wants to spend some more time. Much respect to him for everything he's done in the basketball court and with his family. He's a great guy. Him and I have developed a friendship over the years. It's really sad to see him go, but it's been awesome to follow his career and see what he's been able to do with the Cavaliers. Mitch Neely was the girls basketball coach, took the Knights to the furthest levels that they have ever went. Last year, they finished fourth in state. This year, they went to a super sectional. He's just an amazing coach that the teams rally around. There was some things that went on in the middle of the season this year, and the team rallied around him and made a stand for their coach, which was super cool and just shows how much he meant to that program and how much he meant to his players. And if you have that kind of impact, that kind of resounding influence with a group of kids, high school kids are tough. They're rough in a sense. I mean, there's some great ones in there, cuddly and, you know, all that other cool stuff. Not all of them. You know, there's some really nice ones that are kind and things like that. That's not what I'm saying. But they form opinions. They can be judgmental. You know, we all can. But kids that are 14 to 18 on a different level. And they all love them. And they all played hard for them. And that was the thing about Mitch Neely that nobody should ever forget. And it's going to be weird. Very weird. Being at a Fieldcrest girls basketball game or looking at stats or whatever and not thinking about Mitch Neely or not, or knowing that he's not with the team. It's just going to be weird. But much love, much respect to Mitch Neely and Jim Trevaney for what they did with their clubs. Let's get to win-lose stat. We got girls bowling and boys wrestling from state. We got girls hoops from sectional to state. We already did regional to sectional. Talked about all the regional champions. There were 10 of them in the Edge of Your Seat podcast coverage area. So we'll go sectional to state for girls basketball and for boys basketball, we're going to do the regionals, quarterfinal, sectional championships. Then the next show, we will wrap up boys hoops, we will wrap up girls wrestling, and we will start and finish boys swimming and diving. So girls bowling, the state tournament was February 17th and 18th. At State, the team champs, it was Lockport with an 11.975. That's an average of 199.6 per game. But the most important position for us was number six, LaSalle Peru, as they bowled an 11.496 with an average of 191.6 per game. Christine Ricky, a LaSalle Peru senior, bowled a 2 486 between the two days. That's six games a day. 12 games. Two 
2,486 with an average of 207.2 per game. She finished 13th in the entire state. Congratulations to Christine. Congratulations to the Lady Cavaliers. And just to let you know, give you a little exclusive, we already talked to the LaSalle Peru Lady Cavaliers. We talked to Christine. We talked to Olivia Weber, a junior, and we talked to Coach Jim McCabe. We will have that podcast on the way. The state champ was Lida Burgos from St. Charles East as she bowled a 2,763 with an average score of 230.3 per game. Congratulations to the Lady Cavaliers once again. What a fantastic season for the LaSalle Peru Girls Bowling Program. The same weekend was Boys Wrestling State Tournament, February 16th through the 18th at University of Illinois in Champaign at the State Farm Center. We'll start 3A, go 2A, and go 1A with our state placers. In 3A, 132, finishing 8th, earning a medal, Jack Ferguson of Yorkville. At 152, finishing 6th, was Jacob Luce of DeKalb. He's a junior, finished with a record of 39-13. and 13. At 170, taking 3rd, was Luke Zook of Yorkville. He's a sophomore, finished with a 44-8 and eight record. At 195, a senior from Yorkville, Hunter Janisco, finished fourth at state and had an overall record of 21 and 6. And at 223A, state champion Ben Alvarez, a junior from Yorkville, finished with a 38 and 8 record and a nice state championship. Congratulations, Ben Alvarez. What a year! Man, in a state championship at 220 and 3A, that's real deal Holyfield stuff right there. 2A at 106, taking sixth was Ottawa junior Ivan Munoz, who finished with a 35 and 7 record. At 132, taking third was Zachary Montez, a sophomore from Geneseo. He had a record of 48 and 3. 152, finishing third, Gus Cambier from Sycamore. The senior had a 46-7 and record. At 160, Zach Crawford from Sycamore. The senior took third place with a 43-2 and record on the season. At 182, taking eighth was Brock Medsker from Rochelle. 220, second place from LaSalle, Peru. Connor Lorden as the senior had a 38-3 and record and now a second place trophy. Also at 220, Caden Morris from Rochelle was 8th. At 285, taking 5th, Lincoln Cooley, a senior from Sycamore. He finished the year with a 35-6 and record. In Class 1A at 106, 6th place, Aiden Larson, a Yorkville Christian sophomore, finished the year with an 18-11 record. At 120, taking 2nd, also from Yorkville Christian, Junior Ty Edwards, Finished 45-7. and seven. Taking 8th was Aaron Meenan from Rock Falls. At 126, 5th place Brady Grennan, a junior from Newman, 13-5 record on the year. At 132, finishing 4th, Polo Senior Wyatt Doty, as he had a pretty impressive 
44 and 6 record. 138, Carter Rude finished the year 46 and 6 and took second place at 138. Wow. The junior from Newman had a crazy awesome year. Hold on, hold on, hold on. All of these guys had crazy awesome years. It is not easy to earn a medal to place at state at the boys wrestling state tournament. It's just not easy. It's, it's not. There's no doubt about that. 145. We had a third, a fifth, and a sixth place medal taker. Taker Homer. Winners. They got medals. Augie Christensen, senior from Princeton, was third with a 50-6 and six overall record. Taking fifth was Aiden Livingston, a Stillman Valley senior. He had a 31-8 and eight record on the year. Sixth was Drew Torza, Yorkville Christian senior. He was 38-18 and 18 on the year. At 152, taking sixth, Jack Seacrest, Stillman Valley senior, 36-7. and seven on the year. At 160, the champ, Dax Gentes, senior from El Paso Gridley, 52 and 1 on the year for a state championship. 52 and 1, state champion, El Paso Gridley senior, Dax Gentes. That deserved a redo for sure. Taking third at 160, Yorkville Christian senior, Tyler Martinez, finished with a 45 and 6 record. At 170, we had second place Jackson Gillen, also from Yorkville Christian, also a senior. He had a 42-7 record on the year. 182, we had a third, a fifth, and an eighth place medalist. Finishing third, Kyle Jones, junior from Byron, 42-9 on the season. Also 42-9, finishing fifth, Stillman Valley senior was Andrew Forcier. Finishing 8th from El Paso Gridley was Cody Longland. 195, taking 6th, Seneca Jr. Chris Pura finished the year 46-10. and 10. Taking 8th at 195 was Julian Torres from Genoa Kingston. And 285, taking 8th from Plano, Alex Diaz. Congratulations to all of those guys that took home a medal for an amazing wrestling season. Wrestling's not easy. It is hard work, dedication, and these guys did their things. Girls basketball, we're going to go sectionals to state. Sectional semifinals were February 21st. Sectional finals were February 23rd. The super finals were February 27th. And then the state tournament was March 2nd through the 4th. At class 1A, the Abington Avon sectional in a semifinal. Anawan lost to Havana 58 to 30. Class 1A Polo sectional in a sectional semifinal. Polo lost to Orangeville 55 to 27. The 1A Serena sectional in a semifinal. Number three Newark defeated number one Willows Academy, which is in Des Plaines, 56 to 42. And another semifinal. Top-seeded Serena defeated number two Hinkley Big Rock 48-33. This set up a sectional championship between Serena and Newark, and Serena was victorious 36-24 to become sectional champions. In the super sectional, Serena lost to St. Thomas Moore 56-35. 
St. Thomas More went on to finish fourth in the state. The state champ in 1A was Oakville. Class 2A, the Winnebago sectional in a semifinal. Byron, the top seed, 58. Number two, Aurora Central Catholic, 33. And in the other semifinal, Stillman Valley defeated Woodstock Marion, 59 to 49. In the sectional championship, Byron defeated Stillman Valley, 61 to 38. Byron, always a solid girls basketball program, proving it once again with a sectional championship. 2A, Cole City sectional. In a semifinal, Fieldcrest defeated Bishop McNamara, 56 to 33. In the championship, Fieldcrest defeated Piatone, 68 to 64, making Fieldcrest a sectional champ. In the 2A Super Sectionals, Byron defeated DePaul College Prep, 52-45. So Byron on its way to state is what that game meant. Byron would go on to face the winner of Fieldcrest and Noble Butler Chicago, and it ended up being Noble Butler in Chicago as they defeated Fieldcrest 59-55 in their Super Sectional. Fieldcrest, great season. We already talked about Mitch Neely resigning from his post, but he did a great job with this team, getting him to state last year, finishing fourth, and then one game away as they lost in a super sectional 59-55. to Byron, again, super sectional win after the sectional champ, after the regional championship. Every year, Byron are some beasts. 2A State, which was March 2nd to 4th in the semifinals. Byron, 55 Noble Butler, 43. And the other semifinal, Matter Day, 61. Quincy Notre Dame, 54. This set up the championship between Byron and Matter Day. And Byron fell short, 62-46. Byron finishing second, the runner-up spot in 2A at the state tournament. Congratulations to the Lady Tigers. In 3A, the 3A Peoria Richwood sectional in a semifinal. Geneseo fell to Washington 58 to 41. In the Class 3A Glenbard South sectional in a semifinal. Sycamore fell to Providence Catholic 47 36. Nazareth Academy won the 3A state championship. In 4A, we did not have any representatives in the sectionals. And O'Fallon was crowned the state champ as they defeated Bennett Academy from Lyle, 62-57. Now moving on to the boys' side of the court. We're going to go regionals. The regional quarterfinals were February 18th. The regional semifinals were February 22nd. And the regional finals were February 24th. The Class 1A Bushnell Prairie City Sectional Sub-A in a regional quarterfinal. Number 8, Anawan, beat number 14, Woodhull, 50-28. In a semifinal, Anawan lost to Elmwood, 52-42. The Bushnell Prairie City Subsection B in a quarterfinal. Number 11, Weathersfield, lost to number 4, Stark County, 50-46. In the 1A Putnam County Sectional Sub-A quarterfinals, number 2, Serena, 68 Number 14, Chicago Morgan Park Academy, 29. Number 3, Putnam County, 61. Number 13, Unity Christian Academy, 32. Number 5, Yorkville Christian, 75. 
Number nine, Chicago Fenger, 48. In the semifinals, number two, Serena defeated number seven, Dwight, 63 to 41. In another semifinal, number three, Putnam County was victorious against number five, Yorkville Christian, 64 to 60. In a regional final, between Serena and Putnam County, Serena slides by by three points, 49-46. Serena, your regional champion. In the Putnam County sectional, subsection B, quarterfinals, number 10, St. Bede, 61. Number 11, Streeter Woodland, 51. Number 4, Midland, 60. Number 15, Depew, 41. Number 6, Newark, 60. Number 12, Henry Sanchuan, 31. In the semifinals, number 10, St. Bede, upset. Number 1, Marquette, 61 to 57. In the other semifinal, number 4, Midland, 45. Number 6, Newark, 42. In the championship game between Midland and St. Bede, Midland was victorious 60 to 46 to be named regional champions. The Class 1A Hayworth sectional sub A in a quarterfinal, 11 Roanoke Benson fell to number 3 Milford 67 to 40. In the 1A Elgin sectional sub B in a semifinal, number 1 Hinkley Big Rock defeated number 11 Mooseheart 67 to 34 in the championship game. Hinkley Big Rock defeated number 4 Rochelle Zell, which is in Deerfield, 57 to 18 to cruise to a regional championship. Congratulations to Hinkley Big Rock, to Midland, and Serena, all Class 1A regional champions. But we still do have one Class 1A sectional left. That's Eastland, subsection A, quarterfinals. 15 Leland lost 88-24 to number one Pecatonica. Number eight, Ashton Franklin Center, 72. Number 11, Indian Creek, 56. Number 13, Amboy, lost 58-39 to to number 4, Dakota. Number 5, Earlville, 63. Number 12, Lamoille, 41. In the semifinals, number 8, Ashton Franklin Center, lost 74-41 to number 1, Pecatonica. And Earlville, number 5, lost 48-34 to number 4, Dakota. In the Eastland sectional sub B, quarterfinals. Number four, Newman, 50. Number 15, Freeport, Aquan, 33. Number nine, Samanac, 53. Number seven, Polo, 42. In the semifinals, number four, Newman, 50. Number five, Lena Winslow, 38. Also in the semifinal, number nine, Samanac lost to number two, South Beloit, 74-27. In the championship, Newman fell to number one, Scales Mound, 57-53. Moving on to Class 2A, Geneseo Sectional, Subsection A in the quarterfinals. Number 8, Hall, 67. Number 10, Burrow Valley, 54. Also quarterfinal, number 7, Kiwani, 49. Number 11, IVC, 38. In the regional semifinals, number 1, Princeton, 88. Number 8, Hall, 43. Number 4, Stillman Valley, 56. Number 7, Kiwani, 46. This set up the regional championship game at Barrel Valley between Princeton and Stillman Valley. The top-seeded Tigers from Princeton won 68-37. Geneseo subsection B, quarterfinals. Number 6, Rock Falls, 70. Number 9, Mendota, 52. Number 12, Oregon, 
lost to Winnebago, 56-29. In the semifinals, number six, Rock Falls, 77. Number two, Eureka, 64. Rock Falls with a big upset win. In the other regional semifinal, number three, Byron, 47. Number five, Winnebago, 43. This set up the championship between number six, Rock Falls, and number three, Byron. And Rock Falls gets another upset victory as they become the regional champs, 43-40. to 40. Class 2A Johnsburg sectional subsection A in a regional quarterfinal. Number 9, Genoa Kingston, 50. Number 10, Aurora Central Catholic, 39. Number 7, Sandwich, 82. Number 12, Marengo, 53. In the semifinals, number nine, Genoa Kingston lost to number one, Rockford Christian, 84 to 59. Number seven, Sandwich fell to number four, Aurora Central Catholic, 66 to 46. In the 2A Hersher sectional, subsection B, number seven, El Paso Gridley, 57. Number six, Fieldcrest, 49. In a semifinal, number two, Seneca, 56. Number seven, El Paso Gridley, 55, two-point victory for Seneca. This put them in the regional championship against number three, Bishop McNamara, and they fell 69-56. Seneca season ends in the regional championship game. Class 3A, Burlington Central Sectional Sub-A. In a quarterfinal, number eight, Plano was victorious, 49-31. In semifinals, Plano lost to number two, Aurora Marmion Academy, 80-52. Number three, Caneland defeated number six, Sycamore, 70-59. In the regional title game, number three, Caneland lost to number two, Marmion Academy, 87-61. In the 3A Galesburg sectional subsection A quarterfinal, 10, Geneseo lost to number eight, Galesburg, 62-20. In a semifinal, number six, LaSalle, Peru, was beat by number four Dunlap, 62 to 49. In a 3A Galesburg sectional sub section B, quarterfinal, seven Morris, 71, nine Rochelle, 61. In the semifinals, eight Streeter lost to number one Metamora, 77 46. Sterling, number two seed, beat number seven Morris, 88 to 60. And number five, Ottawa, defeating number three, Dixon, 61-52. In the championship game between Sterling and Ottawa, Sterling was victorious, 74-56, to become regional titleists. In Class 4A, the Rockford-Jefferson sectional sub-B. In a semifinal, number one, DeKalb, beat number six, St. Charles North, 52-46. In the championship game, DeKalb was upset by number four, Hampshire, 53-50. to 50. In the Class 4A Moline sectional, subsection B, in a semifinal, number two, Yorkville, 51. Number seven, Pekin, 27. In the championship game, Yorkville was upset by number five, Normal Community, as Yorkville lost 61-45. to 45. Congratulations to LaSalle Peru Girls Bowling Program. Congratulations to all our wrestlers, who earned medals and congratulations to the boys hoops programs. We had six regional champions in Serena, Princeton, Midland, Hinkley, Big Rock, Rock Falls, and Sterling. Congratulations. Big props. Hello, Mendota, Ottawa, Amboy, Sterling, Rock Falls, all the areas with 
surf internet. Resolve to make stronger connections with surf fiber internet. Right now, get two free Eero Wi-Fi routers with gig speed. And with all speed plans, you can add on a home phone for just $10 a month. Unlike the other guys, there's no contracts, hidden fees, or annual rate increases ever. Don't miss out. Call 844-955-SURF or visit surfinternet.com to make the switch today. Limited time offer, restrictions apply. We haven't discussed movies on this podcast in quite some time. We're going to make that a little more normal with a segment we're going to call Keep It Rolling. Got to keep the camera going. So I've watched a lot of things. I'll write them down. And then as we get to these podcasts and I feel like talking about movies, maybe do it once a week from now on. We'll get to some of them, throw them on here. There's no rhyme or reason. I like everything. I watch everything. So this is kind of what happens. And I'm not scared to watch anything at least once. Some of these I've seen a few times. Some of them I haven't. So we'll go through it. And if you have an opinion or want to say something that maybe I don't touch on about a movie when I'm doing these, send an email. Edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com and let me know what you think. Or hit us up on the socials, Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, or Edge of Your Seat P on Twitter. First, the untold rise and fall of and one. When I was a kid in high school, I graduated in 2004. So when the and one street, flashy, stylish form of basketball was on ESPN, they were coming out with video games, they had the shoes, they had the shirts that were talking smack. I had the shirts. I had shoes, I played the video game, and I watched the show. This was my era. I knew all of the players. Hot Sauce was my favorite because that dude's ball handling skills were unreal. So it was cool kind of finding out the details behind the scenes that you didn't know as a kid. You're watching the basketball. You don't know anything about finances or contracts or how the players are not getting along or anything like that. So it was really cool to see the background and why and one didn't last. I recommend it if you're a basketball fan. My next four selections, Rocky 1, Rocky 2, Rocky 3, and Rocky 4. Not that I wanted to stop there. I just did. No rhyme or reason. I probably, next time we're talking about movies, or maybe the next time after that, we'll hit up Rocky 5, Rocky Balboa, and the Creed movies. Actually, hint, 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 there is a Creed movie on this list as well. But I love Rocky. Rocky is my favorite sports movie of all time. I know they're all classics, but my favorite is Rocky IV. I don't know the sadness of Apollo Creed dying, Rocky avenging that. He goes to another country. He's in the snow. He's training like a barbarian. He's not in a gym. He's just doing stuff. You know, the Rocky grit and grind way instead of Rocky three, when it's all a big deal where, you know, he's famous and it's getting to his head. It was not to his head in Rocky four, not by any means. And he beat the Russian, which at that time, the cold war, you know, that was huge. So it just played a lot of cool parts with human emotions, human sentiment and Rocky just being a stud. But I do love Rocky one great movie. You know, you got this under 
developed guy that he's coming from nowhere, doesn't get along with his trainer most of the time. Mickey, a great character. And Apollo Creed, like a great bad slash good guy. Like you didn't want to like him, but at the same time, you're like, I kind of like this guy. And then in Rocky 2 and 3 and 4, you're like, I love Apollo Creed. Maybe not as much as Rocky, or if you did love Apollo Creed more, you know, best for you. But, you know, it was just kind of one of those things, like starts off with a villain and then all of a sudden he's like just as beloved as the main guy, which was super cool. And then, of course, the relationship between Rock and Adrian as it develops. It's a great love story in a boxing ring. Life is a great movie. Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence get caught up in something back in the day, spend most of their life in prison, crazy stories, funny stories, and then they break out and go to a Cubs game. I love it. It's a great movie. Listen to the soundtrack often to this day. Casey and JoJo's song called Life is awesome. In the movie theater, the last couple months, I've seen a couple movies. I went and seen Avatar, The Way of Water. I loved it. I really didn't care if the storyline was award-winning and the best story ever told. That's not why you go see a movie like Avatar. You go because there's blue people. There's crazy graphics, crazy sound effects, things that you don't see in other movies. And I went for my nephew's birthday and we did the 3D experience and it was so cool. I don't know if I'm ever going to watch the movie again unless I can watch it with my 3D glasses. Also, saw Creed 3. That's what the hint hint was. Saw Creed 3. I saw all three of the Creed movies in the theater. I also saw Rocky Balboa in the theaters too. Creed 3. It was awesome. It was a a story that you can relate to if you're just a normal dude from a community or a hood or, you know, just an area where, you know, you're friends with somebody, something happens, it comes back 20, 30 years later, you play the emotions off that. You play the want revenge. You play the, hey, I still got love for you, but I had to do what I had to do. Just the human feel of it. And I love movies like that. Movies that you can relate to and be like, hey, I mean, I've either been through something like that or you can relate and understand where the characters are coming from. And that's how I felt with Creed 3. It was it was awesome. And the way they did some of the boxing and the slow-mo and the graphics and special effects was pretty, pretty, pretty crazy. That means awesome. Yeah, yeah, pretty awesome. Gene Yus, a Kanye trilogy. I know a lot of you are not Kanye fans. And I feel sad for you that you don't understand his genius. As a musician, this dude is one of the best ever. And he does not get his props because he is outside of the box. He doesn't know how to articulate himself or present himself in a unconfrontational way at times. And that's why people don't like him in the public or people don't think of him as, you know, a great guy or whatever. He doesn't have to be a great guy to make great music though. You don't have to agree with his opinions. You don't have to agree with him siding with presidential candidates or presidents. You don't have to agree with that. I don't even care. I don't pay attention to any of that. I'm not Paying attention to Kanye West is, oh my God, he's such a great person. Or, oh my God, he's such an awful person. But his music is phenomenal, and I will pay attention to that. I will pay attention to his beats. I will pay attention to his messages that has nothing to do with any of that stuff. Because he's a human being too, that's been in relationships, that's been the underdog, that's been on top of the world, that can relate to hard work, who 
has put in hard work for a very, very, very long time. And watching this docu-series made me appreciate him even more. It didn't make me not like him. It didn't make me think like, oh my God, he's crazy now. No. Sometimes you just get sick of people. You get sick of having to hide your true feelings or how you think about something. Is his presentation off? Yeah. But is he entitled to his thoughts and how he wants to think and how he wants to view the world and how he should do things? Yeah, he can do that. It's him. It's his life, his brain, his thoughts. Why am I not going to like him for that? But I'm going to love his music the entire time. And the last movie, Prey. A sort of kind of scary suspense movie from 2021. There is a Prey show or movie that is out on Hulu. When I was looking for Prey to make sure I had the right name and I was going to look at what year it was made and things like that, this other show came up. And I started clicking on that instead of the one that I was looking for. So there is a new one called Prey, P-R-E-Y. But the one that was made in 2021 was the movie that I watched and the movie that I thought was god-awful. 17% on Rotten Tomatoes and it should have been like a five. Just a bad movie, didn't make any sense. This lady just starts killing these dudes that are going on a hunting trip for I believe it was like a bachelor party or something just like get away chill with your I think his brother's there and then some long time good friends and this lady just starts picking them off one by one and they're running for their lives just for no reason until the very 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 end and they try to make sense out of it but it still doesn't make sense so I wasn't a fan maybe if you like mindless hey let's just shoot people with arrows for no reason kind of movie that's your jam my jam is this podcast, but unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, we have been going with a little bit, and we got guests. We got guests in Jan Phelan, Marcos Mondejano, and Joe Massini. Let's get to them. You're probably tired of hearing my voice, although it might be beautiful, and it might, you know, give you some entertainment, and it does rise and fall as I get emotion and passionate and got things to say, but we got some awesome interviews with great things that are said, so let's get to them right after we hear from our sponsor our great sponsor mendota ford then we'll hit up jan marcos and joe we will be back real soon until then peace the interviews with jan phelan marcos monahano and joe massini are brought to you by mendota ford mendota ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first a small dealership in a smaller town the staff and general manager, Ski Hartman, and his associate, Jason Hintz, pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship, to get you every vehicle you want in cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Ski has lived in Princeton since he was five years old and has been with Mendota Ford for the last three years. He has plenty of experience helping you with all of your vehicle needs as he has been in the motorcycle business for 20 years and over 10 years in car sales and management. Jason Hintz has been with Mendota Ford for eight years, giving him the experience needed to help customers in every way possible. You can purchase any vehicle off any lot in the Mendota Ford family. Ski and Jason will make sure they track it down and hand you the keys with a little jingle jangle. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find a vehicle on another lot, check out www.mendotaford.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with Mendota Ford. It's a Friday. 
at First State Bank. It's dress down day on Fridays. Used to only pay a dollar. Jan Phelan, has it went up? You know, everything else went up. Do you have to pay $3 to wear jeans on a Friday at First State Bank now? No, but that's funny. No, it's still a dollar, but I know people might question it, but it's really nice because it allows us, obviously, to do the dress down, but all that money gets used and goes to our employee charity fund. And then we use that throughout all the different branches and um, allow the different branches to give money to either their favorite charity, local charity, uh, whatever it might be. So it's actually for a great cause. So hopefully people understand when they see us on Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> and First State Bank's done a lot of great things with that. I know somebody had like a, was diagnosed with cancer or mm -hmm. leukemia, things like that. You guys have you know, given out to that. It doesn't have to be a charity or right. uh, organization. Like people in need, you've helped out as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's always going to be something, unfortunately, but fortunately, you know, with doing something like this and allowing the employees to be able to have the dress down, we're able to give more, um, you know, whether it be any sort of benefit that, you know, is, is local. We, you know, like to give to that, the food pantries, that sort of thing. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Well, came in here today. I always like to have my sponsors join me, chat, so you get the uh, the feel, the vibe of the podcast, Edge of Your Seat podcast. And I was trying to think of your title, as I said, Jan Phelan, but I was like, it's a lot of words and I don't want to butcher it. <laughs> so Jan Phelan, what is your title with First State Bank? I am the Chief Marketing Officer. So not as many words as I thought, but it sounded better coming from you than from me. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> leave it at that. Leave it at that. There's a lot of hats to it. So. Yeah, definitely. I know you do a lot here. I was an employee here, and even though I wasn't in your realm, I was kind of in your realm because it kind of intermingled with everything that you do. Yeah. I mean, you're part of everything. So We do touch everything, basically. Yeah. So it's fun. We get to know all the employees when you have 19 branches and you run from as far north as Sycamore, St. Charles, and the Fox Valley area down to Champaign. In Bloomington, it's a lot of space, it's a lot of people, so we're fortunate enough to be able to get around to the branches and we get to know everybody and, you know, we have some fun events throughout the year that bring our employees together that also allows us to get to know one another even better and it keeps us, I think, in that whole community feel. We're a nice sized bank, but we still have community roots, community values in each of the, again, communities that we serve. <laughs> Not to overdo that word, but... <laughs> Well, I might as well use it again. You're in a lot of communities that I cover here on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Right. Obviously, Mendota. You just mentioned Sycamore, mm -hmm. Rochelle, Lamoille, Peru, Princeton, Ottawa. You can help me out here. I'm running out of names. McNabb. McNabb. Did you say Streeter? I did not say Streeter. Streeter's another West one. West Brooklyn, yep. Waterman, Shabanoff, St. Charles, Geneva, Batavia, North Aurora. We have two here in Mendota, obviously, with Plaza. In a lot of locations that we cover here at Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and you guys do a little bit of everything. Obviously, your banking needs, but here's that word again, community. It's a community bank with a community feel. Right. And, you know, we, we can go back and talk about COVID, too, because COVID, as terrible as it was in every aspect of the word, it allowed us to do a few things a lot of things that made us realize that we can bank differently and we can bank electronically. And obviously in some aspects, it forced everybody to bank electronically. So we have so much online. You can get a mortgage, 
apply for mortgage online. You can apply for a loan online with Quillo, which obviously uh, you know about because it's the ad. You can open up an account. You can open up a checking savings, a CD account online. You can you know, transfer funds and deposit checks. There's really so much that you can do from your couch that you know you, you really couldn't before and or people were nervous about before and I think now that we have the capability I think people are more comfortable because they were forced into doing it so that's not to say also that we don't want to see our friends because we want to see our friends in the banks and have them come in so let's not forget about that either you know there's still that aspect of people want to touch and feel and and see somebody face to face so we're absolutely open for that and and love to see our customers so just kind of open it up where you could you know be circumstantial about it if it's a rainy day and it's gloomy and cold like hey i can do it from my couch right hey, it's sunny i'm out at the park hey i can walk down to the bank say hi to jan and make a deposit absolutely absolutely so you've kind of got the best of both worlds whatever fits you know if it's snowing like it has been and you don't feel like you want to go out then you don't have to a beautiful thing it is <laughs> options we love options well you said covid i had started working at first state bank in october of 2019 and then oh, five six months later here comes march of 2020 and bam yeah so i spent most of my tenure at first state bank under covid 19. it was so crazy and the i think craziest. about that now and what we did and all the parameters that, you know, we went through to make sure everybody was safe. And, you know, now you go into some of our branches and we still have some of the the glass up at the teller lines. And I don't think that that's going to go away. Some of it, you know, will to a degree. But, yeah, there are some things that will leave a lasting impression, of course. I will always remember the uh, lunches. Like, First State <laughs> Bank took care of us. Like, hey, there was lunches, you know, for coming in and... You know, obviously wanted to make our money and not go poor because of this thing. So we wanted to stay here. But it was like, hey, thank you for doing your part. Hey, we're going to help you out. We'll provide lunches. We'll do this, do that. You guys did a lot of stuff. Or First State Bank did a lot of stuff for its employees during that time. And then to the community, you know, restaurants are shutting down. Bars are shutting down because nobody can come out. But here's First State Bank. Like, we're going to spend, I don't even know the price tag, but a healthy price tag for that day for a business to, you know, keep their doors open, make some food and, you know, feed the employees. It was a huge deal. Yeah, we did. It was, it was a great thing as an organization that we were able to do and we were happy to do it. And we did it across the board. All of our locations were able to reach out to, like you said, the restaurants in their communities and, and bring food in. We did it every day for well over six weeks. I know. So <laughs> hopefully, yeah, hopefully it made a difference. And I think it made a difference to the morale of the employees as well that we were able to to do that. So it was fun. I know I was happy to work here at that time. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I wasn't happy now that I worked right. here, but yeah, I was definitely happy at that time. We had said Quillo a couple times. Yes. They hear it from me. Let's hear it from you. Quillo <laughs> uh, seems like a cool loan program they can do online. It is. If you um, find yourself in a space where you would need a loan, you know, it's, it's a smaller loan, so the max would be up to $10,000. But if you were found yourself in an emergency and you wanted those funds right away, if you wanted to replenish your checking account or if you wanted to pay off your credit card, let's say, any of those scenarios, 
on our website, there is a Quilla loan assistant where you can go in and you can tell it what you want and answer some questions, some out of the box questions to make sure we know who you are. Go through the few steps that there is and see if you can get qualified for a loan instantly and those funds would be transferred um, to you. So again, the electronics and the technology that we have today is really amazing. And it's just something that, you know, you don't really know that you'll be in that space until the opportunities present themselves and you say, oh, well, why? We, we can do that. No, but we can do that. So we are uh, excited about the product and it's been successful. So we're going to continue with it and hopefully more people will join in and see what it's all about. Definitely. When I was on my way out, so I left in October of 21, I can't believe it's almost two years that I've yeah. been gone from this place because I like lived here when I worked right. here. I was here all the time. But uh, Zell was kind of the product that was, you know, big with us. I know it still is. Mm-hmm. I said us. <laughs> First right. State Bank. First State Bank. Uh, big with First State Bank when I was on my way out of the bank. But uh, talk about Zell and how much it's helped First State Bank. It's a huge piece. And first of all, it's a person-to-person payment program platform, right? It's not intended for businesses. But I don't think my kids have ever written a check, you know, and they don't really carry cash in them. So they use the payment platforms. They use electronic forms of banking. And Zelle is one of those things where you can say, hey, we went out to lunch and I bought, but you owe me half of it. And so I'm going to request those funds from you or vice versa, however it works, or I go out at night and I have a babysitter and I am able to pay the babysitter electronically. It's it's just such a natural and easy thing to do anymore that we're really excited to have the product because it works and the funds are instantaneous. So if you are a First State Bank customer, then your funds are there immediately. You don't have to wait the one or two days for the funds to be transferred. So it's almost like using a middleman without using the middleman. So... When I say middleman, I mean like Venmo, Cash App. You have to link your account to them, and then it goes to the other person. Right. Zelle, you link one time, and then it's like your bank pretty much, and then it sends directly to the person without having to have one of those other services in the middle. Correct. You can still use it if someone isn't a First State Bank customer, but the funds aren't there immediately. But if you are transferring between someone else who is a First State Bank customer, they're like seriously instantaneous. Which is exciting. Yeah. And you don't have to wait. And in this area, who isn't using First State Bank? And if they're not, they should be. They should be. Absolutely. That's what I tell them. <laughs> Absolutely. That was the coolest thing, like, even though I worked here. Like, I'm not even speaking it from that. I've been banking here since 2009. Nice. So, I mean, Love I've been that. a long-term banker here, and that's why I kind of wanted to work here. So, when I say stuff like that, it's not because it, First State Bank sponsors the podcast now or that I worked here. It's like I've always used banking since I've been really banking. So yeah. Nice. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. Yeah, I've been a long-time customer. Well, we appreciate that. <laughs> we appreciate you. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate you. You did mention kids. So I met you as a parent yeah. before I even worked here or anything like that because obviously the, the newspaper background. So your son, I kind of missed Nick and anything that he did, but Cam, I was, uh, I only was a head coach of two basketball games, which were all-star games, <laughs> a girls and a boys. He was on my boys squad. Yeah. We beat Jared Bell. Yeah, Jared. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then Abby, great athlete, her four years in high school. 
I definitely remember covering her at her state track meet her freshman year in the triple jump. I yeah. remember that. Isn't it crazy? Yeah, time flies. It does. Oh, don't tell me that. That makes me feel old. But <laughs> yeah, no, it's been fun. And to all those people listening out there that have young kids and might be complaining about the long nights, the long weekends. Oh my gosh, I would give, a, oh, just to go back for a nanosecond. You know, it's it goes by so fast. But yeah, there's been a lot of a lot of rides under the belt to a lot of different areas when you have three kids, three sports, and not only high school sports, but travel ball as well. But I wouldn't change a thing. It was amazing. I mean, sports, you know, grew up here and lived sports myself. So it was kind of fun to watch your kids go through it as well. Definitely. Living vicariously through them. (laughs) (laughs) And all three of your kids were each in three sports apiece? Yes. You know, when you're in a small community and you have kids that have some, you know, athletic talent, it's hard sometimes to get rosters put together. And so you want to support the high school. You want to support the teams. And so were they all-stars and everything? Absolutely not. Did they do well in a lot of things? Sure. But you still got out there and they were still part of the team in whatever capacity that they could be. So I think it makes a well-rounded kid as well. I'm kind of bleed purple and gold for the most part. I mean, always have. It's just been something that I've always loved. And maybe I made my kids love it. I don't know. Hopefully they loved it. I don't know. Maybe if they they hear this, they'll answer me. (laughs) And let me know the truth. Usually it's not until you hit your, like, late 20s, early 30s, 30s, and you start seeing either your kids or your friends' kids in school and then you remember your times and then you're like kind of miss that like that was kind of cool but as you're living it and like right after like the college years you want to get away from it yeah you want to get away from here as fast as possible i ran to siu as soon as i got my diploma i was out (laughs) yeah well hey i was never coming back it was one of those things but best decision we've ever made so and then we're both here you're first day bank i'm in mendota doing all kinds of stuff and it brings you back yeah it brings you back like I left a couple times, went to Texas, went to Virginia, went to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I keep coming back. You know, I think that is the mindset when sometimes, you know, when you grow up here and I'm like, yeah, get out, get out and see what's out there. But there's a lot of people that migrate back and I love that. You know, I always tell people, especially people we went to school with, because they're like, where are you? <laughs> and I'm like, it's the center of the universe. And you know, with joking, but it's funny because now they'll come back to me sometimes and be like, wait, I just heard Mendota on the news, or I heard, I saw Mendota on a map, or you guys are in the news for blah, 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 whatever it is. And I said, yeah, or they've met somebody either from Mendota or met somebody who knows somebody from Mendota. It's just, it's amazing when you are out there and you talk to people and they come back to you and like, oh, wait, I know somebody from there. Love it. What I love about Illinois in general is yeah it gets cold but that's the only bad thing like you can do everything in life in this state like anything you (laughs) want to do pretty much in illinois except the weather so take a vacation go to the west coast go to the east coast (laughs) then come back and it's it's all good well i'm not gonna lie (laughs) (laughs) i saw the face right look if i never see snow again i would be fine but um yeah we'll we'll get out during the winter and see but this will always be home for sure. For sure. For sure. 
Well, Jan, thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Jan Fanlin with First State Bank, a sponsor of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. We appreciate you every single episode. And it's been great being in your office talking for this podcast. Thank you so much. And we're so excited for you. We're so excited for the things that you're doing. And we are definitely super pumped to be part of your podcast and to be around for it. I, I think um, your name has gotten out there all over and all over where we are, too. So it, it just makes a great marriage and we're we're happy to be a part of it. We're married. <laughs> Edge of your seat podcast from First State Bank, of course. First, that's right. <laughs> Before I let you go, we got to tell people how to look for First State Bank or how to, you know, the online stuff and where to go and how to get plugged in. Absolutely. Firststatebank.biz, B-I-Z as in zebra. That's where you'll find our website and you can download our app and have all of the handiness at your fingertips at any time. I think I've said this a couple times before. I always like return guests, but this guest, Marco Manjano, wasn't an edge of your seat podcast returning guest. Him and I did a story together, man, I'm guessing five to seven years ago, somewhere in that little window about CrossFit and what he was doing, how he had kind of changed his lifestyle, and it was an awesome story. On Facebook, saw he had some other things going on. I'm like, I got to have this guy on Edge of Your Seat Podcast. And Marco, here we go. You're on. Hi. Thank you for uh, inviting me on, man. I'm excited. This is my first ever podcast. Someone uh, thought I had something interesting to say, so I'm glad you brought me on. Of course, man, of course. Always got along with you. We were cool in high school, and then afterwards, yep. I think, we have a class together in college or something like that? I want to say we did. To be honest, I think there was like a, I don't know what class it would have been. It's just way back. But I know we were definitely around, like, we've had mutual friends. Like, we were in the mutual friend group. You know, we saw each other at parties and things like that, so. I don't know if it was me. I never went to any parties, sir. No, you never partied? Oh. <laughs> I don't know who I was seeing then. My nose just got a little longer. <laughs> yeah. I do remember um, ESPN had this thing, Streak for Cash, and you would pick who would win games and stuff and try to get a long streak to you know earn money and stuff from ESPN. And I remember yeah. this because you were my soccer go-to guy. I'd be like, Marco, who would win this match because you're super into soccer? That, that's right. what I remember. That's the only reason I remember being in a class with you is because of that. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can't. I don't even remember that, to be honest. That's how bad my memory is, I guess. <laughs> that or, or we, I mean, we are getting older, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what happens, man, with, you, uh, with age, you know? Um, that's cool, man. I'm glad you remember that. It's a, it's a cool memory. Thanks for sharing that. For sure. We're talking about age, though. I feel like you have found like a secret potion or something to keep yourself in great shape. And I mean, uh, you're not aging. I don't think so at all. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, that's part of my, my lifestyle is self-care, you know, that's just a little part of it. Um, maybe that's why, but I definitely, I like to take care of myself, you know, the best of my ability, because I, I'm noticing that it plays an effect on how I live my life. And I've seen a lot of positive things happen just from, you know, good sleep, good nutrition, good fitness routine. There's a lot of good reward from it. So definitely continuing to do that. And uh, I try to evolve as much as I can 
And, you know, to say, um, uh, you know, things might change later down the road, you know, as more research and more science comes out about the human body, I like learning about it. So, yeah, this is kind of where I'm at right now. Just off of what you just said, a couple things there. First of all, yeah. how important is sleep? I've always been the guy that doesn't really sleep. I can go three hours of sleep and then I'm good for a whole day. I know that's yeah. not healthy and not what you <laughs> should do, but... yeah. I was reading. Uh, I was reading a book on uh, why we sleep. I can't remember the title. I have to look it up. I read it in its phenomenal book on why we sleep. It might even be called Why We Sleep. But it even said in that book, particular kind of what you mentioned uh, about like, oh, I can get by with like you know three, four hours of sleep and I feel fine. But in that book, it actually mentions how you know a big thing is people get so acclimated or so used to just getting, you know, minimal sleep that that becomes their normal. That becomes, you know, how they feel their energy level all the time. So I'm like, this must be how I must feel now, you know? So they don't really know, like, my body can feel different if I get more sleep. And it mentions that in the book and how people, you know, say that all the time, like, oh, I can get by. But you're really missing out a lot of if you're getting short amount of sleep a night gotcha so even though we think we're fine and we can just like it's kind of like we can survive but we're not giving our body i guess that nourishment and sleep that it should get exactly you're not you know you're 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 operating at like 75 percent of your capacity and and uh there's so many benefits of getting good sleep like your mental space like your cognitive function like memory how alert you are things like that that's just like you know small part of it your energy levels throughout the day and how your body recovers day to day like especially if you have a maybe like a labor intensive job um like a construction worker that like beats their body up day to day like having good sleep gives your body time to recover and and be able to perform at like a higher level same thing with working out you know so definitely recommend checking that book out it's really like groundbreaking stuff that a lot of people don't know about and i feel like a lot of research on sleep is finally coming out and it's finally making some noise and uh yeah it's it's cool to cool to read about it that was another thing from when you initially, you know, had a statement. You talked about, you know, waiting for technology and things like that. Man, yeah. you know me, I'm a huge sports guy. And you look at right. athletes now compared to even 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Oh, yeah. The differences in how the operations and like LeBron James could literally play basketball until he's 50, where before, uh-huh. by age 32, you were pretty much done. Right, yeah, exactly, yeah, kind of. The point I was making, you know, they're putting more investment into their bodies and they're seeing a big return, you know, like uh, athletes, you know, hiring nutritionists or, you know, they have their own masseuse or sports massage therapist, things like that. Um, and I'm not saying you have to have all those, you know, have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars, you know, professionals are doing, but I feel like you can get a lot of benefit just from small things like just getting better sleep, you know. Or doing a little research or you just know a few things and yeah. don't necessarily have to, you know, take a class or, you know, buy things. No, no, definitely not. Because there's a lot of, you know, research and stuff out there. That's the tricky part is just because there's so much information out there now that, like, you don't know where to look or you're just getting different opinions and different ideas that are, like, conflicting and you're like, well, this 
article says this and this article says that and you're just kind of not sure what to do it's all part of the process of just kind of like trial and error and experiment with different things and see what works see what sticks and that's kind of what like helped me evolve over years like i you know it's not like when i just started getting into like working out and, and taking care of my body like i knew everything i a lot of stuff like back then i was like why did i even do that you know like i wanted to put on weight and i would drink like a half a gallon of milk a day of like whole milk and it's just like messed up my digestive system <laughs> and uh I, I did put on weight but it wasn't good weight let me tell you that like i just got like really like wide around the waist and stuff i just because like i wanted to get big and strong but it wasn't right for my body. So that's just a, one example. Let's kind of start from the beginning. Like I said, we knew each other in school. When yeah. we were in school, you were just really skinny. I mean, I don't know if you were <laughs> athlete or athletic. You were just really, really, really skinny. Yeah, you know, and that's 100% true. It's just kind of like how I naturally was. Like my natural build was just like skinny. Like I, I don't come from like a family of big muscular or you know big bone family like my parents are pretty like they're short small they're you know so didn't really have any like like crazy athletic sports genes or anything like that but i love playing sports like soccer was my sport growing up um and i played a lot of it you know running and, and conditioning and stuff like that was definitely not a problem for me but definitely lacked a lot of uh, muscle and size and uh, just being strong now that I've been lifting and working out for over 10 years, like, I look back at some of those pictures of me just being like, whoa, like, I can't believe how, you know, skinny I was. And, and, and even my parents, like, would make fun of me, like, not like, in a serious way, dad would be like, oh, you look, like, kind of sick. And I'm like, I mean, I could have been, like, I don't know. Because, like, obviously, I wasn't taking care of my body. I just, like, I wasn't good, like, running soccer shape, but I just felt, like, really frail. You know what I mean? Just like weak. Yeah, definitely. So, definitely. Yeah. Real quick, whenever somebody says something about mom or dad, we got to give them a shout out. What's your mom and dad's name? So my dad's name is Mario, um, and my mom's name is Raina. So they're both in Mendota, Illinois. So that's where my hometown is. And yeah, that's where I grew up. Definitely. It was probably about two years ago. I was walking, I think, from First State Bank to China yep. House. Got to go get some food. And your mom yeah. was walking on the sidewalk. And I don't know if I've ever talked to her. I've seen her before. I knew who she was. Yeah. But she yeah. comes up to me. And she's like, you're Brandon. You wrote that nice story about my son. Thank you. And, and even <laughs> at that point, it was already, you know, three, four or five years. And I was just oh, like, wow. I was just like, hey, thank you. Because I, I knew I knew that was your mom. So I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah. And I knew what story she was talking about. But just, you know, that many years later to say thank you for her story. I was like, hey, I, you know, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, no, that's so cool, and like I hear that a lot from my parents or my mom, and she's like, "Oh, I saw so and so, you know, when I was out and about getting groceries and stuff," and they, you know, they said hi and things like that. So it's cool to that like a lot of friends back home and stuff still recognize my parents and they greet them and stuff like that. So it's it's cool that they did that for sure. So when we were going back and saying, you know, you're real skinny, things like that, was it yeah. the fact that you felt frail? That's when you decided, like, hey, I need to change stuff. I need a different lifestyle. What was it that, uh, was like, hey, this is why I'm going to do CrossFit and do what I do? Yeah, so, I mean, this is going way back, but originally what made me get into the gym and start working out was actually a breakup that I went through, <laughs> to be honest. It was actually a girl dumping me, and I was 
you know, just like, I don't know if it was in, in spite of like, you know, like I'll show her, like she's going to see you, like what I can become getting in the gym and, and getting jacked and this and that. And like, honestly, just a, a breakup. And I started going to the YMCA all the time and I got hooked right away, especially because my close group of friends were also into it as well. It, it helped me stay more accountable, stay more motivated. Go, You know, you have like your gym friends that you would go to the gym together and push each other. So that also helped as well. A few years later is where I, when I, I came across uh, CrossFit when I was in college. I was just on YouTube, like searching, you know, fitness videos or something like that. And then a CrossFit video came up. Um, and this was still when CrossFit was like very new and not a lot of people knew about it. When I saw the videos of it, it was just like people doing kettlebell swings and like running and lifting these crazy weights and doing these pull-ups and stuff. And I was like, whoa, like, what is that? You know, like I was totally blown away that like, wait, I, I thought like working out was only just like bodybuilding, you know, like bicep curls and, and bench press. And I was totally like blown away by like learning other aspects of fitness and working out that I was like intrigued. I somehow gravitated gravitated towards college there was actually a at my rec center there was a a crossfit class that they had um started when i was there and i was like oh maybe i'll give this class a shot and maybe you know see if i like it maybe it's for me i signed up did the class and first crossfit workout i ever did was i didn't really know what crossfit was yet so i was still very very new first workout the coach is like all right we're gonna be doing seven minutes of burpees and I didn't even know what a burpee was. I was like, what? Like, never heard of a burpee. Now it's like on every, it's like everywhere on Instagram and all the fitness videos you see. So my coach was explaining, like, you drop down, you do a push up, jump up, clap your hands over your head. That's one. And that was it. I'm like, oh, really? Like, that's all I have to do is seven minutes of burpees? Like, okay, I'm going to do like a hundred and. 50 of these like this sounds so easy once the workout started i went and started doing my burpees and i was like what is going on my body just started like feeling so fatigued right away and my heart rate was just like skyrocketing and started just like breathing so heavy because like i've never like pushed my body in this way and like never did this movement after the workout i'm like what just happened i didn't even do the amount of reps i thought i was gonna get like i wasn't even close I was just like so like tired, exhausted because like, I don't think I've ever pushed myself that hard in a workout. After that, I'm like, whoa, like there's something here. Like I always thought like I was in shape, but doing a workout like that definitely gave me like a gut check to be like, maybe there's like a, there's a weakness here that I didn't know that was there. And now it's like, now I have to do something about it. That was kind of my mentality. That's kind of how I started just showing up, kept showing up to class, kept showing up to class. And then every time I just get like so humbled every time I would finish a workout and be like, wow, I, I didn't do as good as I thought I would. That just means I have to like, I have more work to do. You know, I have to put, put more work in and, and get better at this. It, it just became addicting and, and that's how I just been doing it ever since. Nice. And where'd you go to college at yeah. again? I went to college at DePaul University in Chicago. Gotcha. Are you still in that area? Uh, somewhat. I've recently moved over more on the West uh, West Loop area of Chicago. DePaul University is in Lincoln Park neighborhood. It's a great neighborhood, and uh, I, I still I like to go out there and hang out still. So it's a good good spot. 
I was just in Lincoln Park not too long ago. Got a bunch of friends up that way. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. What'd you guys do? Um, what did we do that time? Uh, so we kind of just chilled in his um, one of my friend's apartments, but we went and got a uh, some ice cream, got a pizza, you know, nice, you know the, nice. the fat boy stuff, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, when you're, I mean, when you're out with your friends, man, you gotta enjoy yourself. You know, that's a, a big thing. Is uh, you gotta enjoy those moments. You know, and actually, it wasn't even really ice cream. So it was the healthy version. It was the uh, kind of like frozen yogurt, I guess. Oh, like Halo Top or yeah, like yeah, that. I don't know yeah, if yeah. I yeah. heard of that. It, w- it wasn't that place, but it was something like it. And then I've been up there, you know, checked out the zoo. I did zoo lights with a couple friends from uh, yeah. SIU a couple years ago. Yeah, there you go. That's a, that's always a fun time. That's a big thing to do during the wintertime, especially. I know you've been in a bunch of competitions. You know, I see your, your photos of things that you're doing. Uh, what are some yeah. things that you've been doing lately in, I don't know if you call it a CrossFit circuit or, or just yeah, the, yeah, the no. events that they throw? So, yeah, I'll, I'll go over a few of the stuff that I've been uh, been up to lately. So just recently, a few weeks ago, I did a, a, a High Rocks race uh, that was in Dallas, Texas. This is kind of something new that's kind of been trending a lot in the fitness industry. It's like more tailored for runners and people that are like functional athletes, so like functional workouts, uh, that like to do like functional workouts. So, for example, people that like to do like deadlifts, armor carries, rowing, lunges, burpees, uh, things like that, and then take people that love to do running. So I like to do both. So it's kind of a race combined of that. And so it takes about average people finish in about an hour and a half. Uh, It's like combined. It's like running circuits and like, you know, rowing, running and like lunges Things like that. Um, it's a very fun event. Uh, it's my third one now. So um, if someone's looking into, you know, loves to run and loves to do like functional style movements, workouts, I would definitely check out High Rocks. It's a cool company. Like they release a lot of like workouts and like uh, training plans. So if you are fairly new to this event, they give you like a training plan to follow leading up to it to do it. So anybody can sign up and register for it. So it's not like you have to be uh, like a pro athlete or anything. They have different divisions, categories. So if you're a beginner, if you're more advanced, you can even pair up with a teammate and and, uh, do it as a team. Different divisions that you can check it out. So that's the more recent one that I've done. That's kind of what keeps me going and keeps me... um, motivated is like you know having something to work towards right so if you say like hey i want to do this 5k race run that you know my town is having or you know a shamrock shuffle or a turkey trot or something that if you're like for example if you like to run find a race you know that's doable you think you can train for you have enough time to do it to train for it uh sign up and give yourself that goal like hey like i'm by this date i'm gonna try to run like maybe i can't run you know, three miles right now. But if you have that goal in mind, you're going to be more motivated, more, you're going to have that accountability now to work towards that. I would say find something. If you're looking for, you know, fitness events, definitely search the internet, see what's out there. Yeah, give yourself something to train for. And it doesn't have to be competitions all the time, right? It just could be personal goals and things like that. So 
Perfect transition because one of my next questions was, you know, you talk about different lifestyle and things that you change to, you know, become fit and become in shape and feel like you're strong and how you feel, you know, good about yourself and how you're proud of what you've done for yourself and, you know, how you look and your health and things yeah. like that. What are some, yeah. a couple tips, a couple, hey, this is what you really need to do or maybe not need to do, but hey, this may help you, you know, things like that. If you're wanting to get into like working out and lifting weights, I would suggest highly recommend getting, uh, if you can, getting a trainer for a little while or uh, yeah, like a personal trainer. Because for me, you know, having good movement, good form in your exercises, it goes a long way. Obviously, number one, you're not going to, you know, it's going to help you prevent you from, you know, the potential risk of getting injured. So that's a big one that could really set you back. So like having good form, good technique, you know, investing in yourself. So if you can invest in a trainer or, or have some type of resource that you can to improve your movement, like if you're squatting with weight or you're deadlifting weight, lunging, pull-ups, push-ups, things like that, having good movement, it definitely goes a long way. And obviously you're going to be, you know, being able to do the movements correctly, which is going to help you progress forward a lot faster and getting to the results you need right and same thing goes for like running or or swimming or anything like that like if you want to get better at it you know find someone or even if you know somebody that is well trained and knows what they're doing can help you like a friend or something like a coach or someone you know uh that can definitely help so i definitely look you know look for people that can help you don't just try to do it by yourself, and that's kind of, that's some good advice. All right, Marco, I think we're friends. How much I got to pay you? <laughs> yeah, we can talk offline after that. I'm going down <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, Marco Manhano, thank you. Thank you very much for joining us, talking about your CrossFit fitness journey. It's always good to hear from you, and, I mean, you're living proof that if you put the work in and you know get on a plan or change a lifestyle that you know anything's possible thank you for sharing that with us at edge of your seat podcast thank you man it's been a pleasure and like you said man if if you just keep showing up stay committed and then you'll you'll look back and you'll you'll realize how far you've come and you'll you'll definitely be surprised but you'll be so happy that you've got it you know you've done it so yeah thank you so much so today's guest on edge of your seat podcast has actually been on the podcast before but as a funny voice in the background as I'm interviewing other people. But today he's actually going to be the subject. The person we're speaking to, I'm talking about Joe Massini from Mendota High School, was a teacher when I was here, then was an assistant principal, and now next school year is going to be the principal at Mendota High School. Joe Massini, I mean, first of all, I'm glad to have you on, and it's pretty cool you got promoted. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting uh, end to my career. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I've spent my entire career here at MHS, so as you said, I was teaching here when you were a student, and I'm appreciative that the school board has hired me now to start next school year so I can learn a lot of things. Miss uh, Dr. Augenbaugh has already taught me tons of stuff. She gives me things every day to make sure I know what I'm you know, in for, and so it's, it's a very humbling experience, but I'm something I'm very excited about. 
getting into the education realm, did you see this as kind of your progression through education? Did you want to stay a teacher? Were you shooting for administration roles? What was your goal when you got into this? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, initially, no, not necessarily um, administration. I was, when I was a senior in high school, I was trying to decide what I wanted to do. I love sports, so I said, I want to coach. I want to coach high school sports. So I'm going to go to college, I'm going to major in education, and I'm going to try to get jobs you know, teaching and coaching, and that's what happened. I started at MHS in 1994, teaching industrial arts, drafting, electronics, that kind of stuff, metals, woods. Started teaching history my second year because I had a history minor, but I coached everything from girls basketball to boys basketball, football, baseball, and so I was never a head coach. I was always an assistant on, on all these levels, but it's something, coaching is something I really wanted to do, and that's kind of why I got into the business just being evaluated by good old Mr. Presider 20 years ago or so, and he said, you know what, it's probably time to start thinking about a master's and you'd be a good, you'd be a good candidate for administration program. So my initial thought even then was a lot of schools like their ADs to have type 75s administration degrees. So I said, I'll, you know, that's something. About a, th- a third of the way through the program, I said to myself, I, I think I'd like to be an, an administrator or principal or assistant principal. I kind of geared myself away from the AD type aspect of it and just started focusing on, you know, being an, an administrator. And, and then this job opened up and I got an opportunity to be an assistant principal. And most guys aren't assistant principals for 17 years the way I have been. You know, they use it as a springboard to seek a principalship. But, you know, my family, we've really grown to love Mendota, so I wasn't necessarily looking to go anywhere. But when this principal's job opened up, I said, it's a perfect thing. I know this school. I've been here my whole career. It's a good opportunity, good good way to um, finish my career. So here we are. That was actually my next question. Was there ever any thought of leaving Mendota? I know your wife's a teacher here. Your kids went through here. Ever Very faint possibility. When I got my Type 75 degree, I actually interviewed. I interviewed for the assistant principal job at Rock Falls High School, which is where I went to high school. I'm, I'm born and raised in Rock Falls, and so that's, that's kind of how I, the whole Mendota thing happened. We were both in the NCIC back in the day in the 80s and 90s, and so I knew Mendota. So when I was looking for a job out of college, Mendota was a good opportunity for me. But, you know, I still got my family and my friends back in Rock Falls. So when that job opened up, I interviewed for it. I wouldn't say necessarily that they were ready to offer me the job, but I think that they they probably would have. But I came back home to Mendota that night of my Rock Falls interview, and actually they offered me the job here. And I was like, my wife teaches here, my kids are in school here, do we want to move to Rock Falls? And it just made more sense to stay. And at the end of the day, I'm glad I did. So at this point, you're like bleeding purple and gold. You know, that's, that's, I would say that's accurate. Kidded this way for 29 years. You know, when, when Mendota and Rock Falls play, I always say I can't lose. But, you know, in my heart, I'm always rooting for Mendota. And so, um, yeah, I think that's a fair, a fair thing to say. I bleed purple and gold now. I'm a Trojan. <laughs> there we go. Trojan. can't believe you've been an assistant principal for 17 years. Not that... It just, you were still a teacher when I left, right. so it's like, oh my gosh, that's a long right. time ago. It's, I mean, I, it's interesting, my trajectory in my career, I started, at the end of the day, I only taught for 12 years. I've been doing this for, this is my 17th, so between the two, 29 years here at MHS. I kid people when they ask me about my hair, I said, well, I have two brothers, and neither one of them have gray hair, so it's, you know, my gray hair only isn't just because of heredity. It's, you know, <laughs> this job and some of the stresses, but, you know, that's just all in jest. It's, it's a, it is what it is. Hey, some of us go bald, some of us have gray hair, you know, who knows? Yeah, it's a good look, either way, <laughs> exactly. however it shakes out. Exactly. 
what duties or what changes from assistant principal to principal? Well, I mean, that's, that's a great question, too, and that's why, I'm, that's why I'm glad I've had an opportunity to do it this way. One of the things that Dr. Ogbaugh is getting me more involved in now is, is uh, understanding that sub, filling substitute teachers is, is a principal's role. That's not something I've ever had to worry about. My main responsibilities are discipline and attendance. You can see here I got my attendance sheet out. Every day I look over, you know, who's missing, why they're missing, that kind of thing. I'll be doing a lot less of that and going into the day-to-day operation of, you know, running the school. Curriculum, have, have more of a hand in the curriculum. Uh, scheduling, state reports. It's just a lot, you know, and it's and like I said, I have every confidence I could do this job, but it's going to be a lot better on July 1st when I start officially to have all this whole year to kind of say, okay, this is when this gets done, this is when this gets done, and, you know, I can, I can gear myself and get ready for it a, a lot more effectively. So it's almost like you've had a full school year as a preseason. Yeah, yeah. It's a, I mean, that's a good way to look at it. I think um, over the years people say, well, well, what, what does a principal do? And I'm like, I, you know what? I said, I can't really sit here and give you a put my finger on it answer because it changes every day. You just got to deal with things that come up. But there are a lot of things that she's always done that I never really appreciated or knew she was doing that I'm going to be doing. And so it's nice to have this, like you say, preseason to kind of get ready for it and, and learn from it and learn what you know has to go down. It's going to be a change, but it's one I'm looking forward to and one I think you know I'm excited about. As I get older and I'm talking to more uh, principals, administrators, principal is pretty much a jack of all trades. You kind of do everything. Right, right. I mean, uh, just for an example, she went and, and taught a math class this morning. And I've had to sub here and there too, where, you know, all schools are experiencing shortages and subs and, you know, bus drivers and cafeteria workers and everything. But that's just one of the things you got to, when you get here in the morning, you just have to be prepared that you might have to do something that you're not normally doing. And, and yeah, jack of all trades. Uh, you know, drives the bus when in terms of the curriculum, the direction, the culture of the school. You got to have your finger on the pulse to know what's going on and, and to, to make good decisions regarding all that kind of stuff. So, no, no doubt about it. How do you think, like, the education system or how we go about school has changed through these, uh, I mean, 29 years, but definitely yeah. the last 17 as an administrator? Right. Um, that, that's a good question in terms of the changes we've seen so many you know it, it, we always kid when i was a young teacher they'd introduce some some the new trend in education the older more veteran staff would just kind of chuckle and just say yeah just go with the flow it's going to change again in three years you know nothing ever really sticks something people might remember out there no child left behind was a big initiative and and um you know everybody the curriculum and the goal was gearing everyone towards college and you know, when I taught industrial arts, I, I was I was one of these guys who said, not everybody's going to college, and that's okay. You know, like that old joke on the Caddyshack when the judge tells Danny the world needs ditch diggers too. I'm not trying to make light of that. The world needs people that know how to use their hands and make things and, and, and be productive that way. I was always a little offended by education being geared towards everybody's got to go to college, everybody's got to go to college. It's like, no, people got to stay home and do stuff, you know, go to work and do stuff and make stuff. And so... I was never really a big fan of No Child Left Behind. That was a seemingly a Bush initiative, and then Obama came and we made some changes. Probably the biggest thing, though, is COVID, dealing with COVID and then coming out of COVID and, and the things that we're dealing with now today. Uh, I had a senior tell me the other day at lunch, we were just talking, just kind of shooting the breeze, and she said, this is like our first full regular year of school since eighth grade because freshman year is when COVID started in March of, you know, shut it down didn't come back until late the next year and we had lunches 
prepared and set in desks instead of tables. You know, these seniors have never had a full year of school that was, like, regular. And so, you know, getting through that, and, and it's not been easy. A lot of these kids just got out of the groove of coming to school, and then when the teacher gives them an assignment to do the assignment. and So those are the challenges that we're dealing with, but I think we're coming out of it. It's getting better. You put the interaction and then the technology use, the online schooling and things mm-hmm. like that, and it's, yeah, a Chromebook. To me, when I first heard it, well, what's a Chromebook? Right, <laughs> right. We certainly weren't late to the game. We were probably coming into the one-on-one kind of around the same time as everybody else, but I, I'd always attended the assistant principals conference, you know, just to get new ideas and see what other schools are doing. And I would say that it was probably two years after I initially heard that schools were going to one-on-one. I was like, what does that even mean, one-on-one? It's like, well, each student has their own device. It'd be interesting. That might be another podcast for you down the road. Talk to the the veteran teachers at MHS compared to the new ones yeah, and see see their feelings towards, you know, um, the Chromebooks, some teachers still like to just uh, get the paper out and we're going to do it that way. And, and other teachers have obviously adopted to the Chromebooks. But um, I think ultimately a good thing, you know, technology is not going to slow down and, and go back. So we, we can't necessarily teach in the Stone Ages. We do have to move forward. But it's still nice to have an old veteran teacher's ideas and say, you know what, we're going to put the Chromebooks away today and we're going to do it this way. So that's okay, too. Yeah. Probably would be nice to have a little mesh of both. But yeah. You, you, we're talking about the workforce. I mean, even mechanics in the automobile industry, everything's on a machine. Now. Mm-hmm. They hook up the machine to a car just to figure out what's wrong with yep. it. Yep, yep. And they, and they have to have some, some keyboard skills and some, you know, to be able to input things into the computer, too. I've always noticed that. I mean, you go out and get your oil changed, and they got that plastic overlay over the keys because they're always dirty, but they got it. You know, they do stuff on, they use technology. Where we're heading, so don't fight it. We could probably talk about this all day. Education's always changing, like you said. I just want to say congrats on the promotion. Obviously, I've kind of followed your career sure. being in and out of Mendota, so it's awesome to see you You know, taking the next I, step. I really appreciate that. I've had a lot of people tell me congratulations. I'm, I'm kind of happy that this happened after the Sweet Corn Fest, so people can go and enjoy the Sweet Corn <laughs> Fest and not have to feel like they needed to tell me congratulations 50 times. But that is always one of my favorite times of year, to walk around downtown and see former students. And it's Like I said earlier, it's humbling. It's exciting. Um, I appreciate it. I appreciate the way they've done it, and I re- appreciate you know former students like you coming up and telling me congratulations. You're going to do great. The kids are going to love you. MHS, you know, is, is so. It's just, it's good. It's special. Well, Mr. Massini, thank you for joining Edgeversity Podcast. All right, thanks for having me.